At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rave line! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year oh no hello everybody welcome back to rain of troy radio episode 402 coming to you on thursday february 18th we're going to talk about the latest in usc football and open up a huge mailbag on this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, Omni, wherever you can find a podcast, we are there. Our bonus episodes are on patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansetter.com, and our phone number is 213373. One USC second what's burn show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along here, my co-host, with my co-host in the Renatory Studio in Los Angeles, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. We are back. Uh we we had a week in which we didn't have an episode. Completely unplanned. We had some technical difficulties last week. Couldn't put up a main show. We we did put up a bonus episode over on Patreon for our Patreon subscribers. New bonus episodes go up every other Friday. So we put one up last Friday. We'll put up another one next Friday. Uh, go listen to that if you are with us over there on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. But uh, over the weekend, you and I had a harrowing experience, to, uh, to say the least. Let's just call it an adventure. Sure. There was a little bit of an adventure. Adventure. Yeah, uh, you you want to tell the people what we did? Uh, well, yeah. So we uh, decided to go visit uh, one of your best friends who lives in Dallas, and months ago, I'd say you had pinpointed President's Day weekend as a good time for us to it jump on a to be a good time. Jump yeah. on a plane to go visit uh, your friend and and. Uh, his his uh, baby twins and have a you know a nice a nice little weekend away and uh, turned out to be an interesting weekend. Yeah, lo and behold, <laughs> this white stuff fell from the sky. A, a once in a thirty year event, weather yes, event. <laughs> essentially, white stuff fell from the sky in Texas onto the ground, uh, about five inches of snow. Uh, over the weekend, um, which led to the end of the weekend in which it was so cold, the pipes froze in the house. At one point, it was, uh, I believe it was like, the, the wind chill was like negative nine. Yeah, I think the lowest it got in terms of feels-like temperature was maybe minus 15. But, brutal, uh, but brutal. Yeah, I mean, we knew it was bad when... The snow first fell, you know, when snow first falls and it's like super magical and you go out and uh, it's like, oh, the snow, make a snow angel, all that kind of stuff. It was just unbearably cold even to go out and enjoy, enjoy the snow a little bit. So 
that was the first hint that this might be a sort of different kind of experience. And then, yeah, and then the uh, and then the pipes froze and then the city of Dallas needed to deal with the energy demands by rolling energy 20 minutes, 30 minutes at a time. Yeah, we'd have power for like 30 minutes and then we'd have no power for 45 minutes. It was so funny because on Monday, uh, you know, all of us having to get little bits of work done, it would be like the power would go out, the Wi-Fi, everything like that would go out. My phone service wasn't working and we're all just sort of sitting around like, okay, it's out. As soon as it would click back on, boom, everyone did like battle stations. Like I'd run to my computer to try and get some stuff done. Uh, your friend would run to his computer to try and get his work done. Uh, when we needed to cook meals, we'd all rush. Okay, we got to use the microwave while we can. We've got to use, uh, you know, the the fridge and all this kind of stuff. So it was, uh, yeah, an adventure. Yeah, to, to say the least, we, I, we were playing uh, Clue by flashlight and candlelight, <laughs> which, was, literally, which, which feels authentic, well, I think. I, it was so great, too, because the whole conceit of the Clue movie, which you haven't seen yet, but that's going to change soon, is the idea of the lights going out and then, like, murders happen when the lights go out and all that. So, like, we're literally playing Clue and then, bam, the lights go out. And it's like, <laughs> it's just, it was it was perfect. But I did enjoy USC uh, over over the, the start of this week. USC took the opportunity to, to tweet out a bunch of, you know, pictures and videos of what what it was like in Los Angeles during this experience. And uh, if nothing else, I think this was a great recruiting experience, <laughs> recruiting opportunity for some of the schools out on the West to uh, yeah, especially, maybe. Especially I see with all those Texas recruits, yeah. all those Texas ties. Uh, I mean, to, to be fair, it was beautiful um, with snow on the ground uh, perfectly untouched snow in a lot of instances because it, it was so it was so cold you didn't want to go outside uh, and get in it. Uh, it looked almost like a like a gingerbread house a, a, a little bit with the snow on the on the roof with the icing. Um, it was pretty picturesque. The problem with snow is that snow is like beautiful until the realities of snow kick in and then. You're you're just kind of left thinking like this may be a really nice looking gingerbread house, but like it actually tastes really not good. Right. Well, okay. Can can I be fair for a second? What? I don't think gingerbread tastes that great in general. Well, but I mean that's kind of my that's kind of my point. Like gingerbread houses are I I'm always disappointed. Like. You make gingerbread houses to make them look pretty. The moment you bite into a gingerbread house, it's just like, meh. Yes. It was better off well, not being bitten into. Especially if the gingerbread house is going to be out for, for two oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. It's been, you know? so maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah. Maybe you're eating like stale gingerbread. Right. <laughs> not, not the best idea. Yeah, the, the, the only good thing about a gingerbread man or a gingerbread house uh, is Shrek. That's it. Well, yes. That's, that's very true. By the way, do you know the landscape man? The landscape man? The the landscape man. Let me guess. He lives on Terry Lane? Yes. That's right. You know him. But do you know why it's Terry Lane? No. Why? Because the landscape man is using an outdated lawnmower, Alicia. He's being left with cuts and nicks. Cuts and nicks? Cuts and nicks. Looks like he needs to update his equipment, Michael. Exactly. It's nuts. And you know, updating his equipment's only going to enhance the total package. Dude's got to move up to the lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped. It's the third generation lawnmower trimmer with skin safe technology. Ah, so no cuts. And no nicks. Plus, it's waterproof. Comes with an adjustable guard that has two lengths for any sort of lawnmowing he wants. Two lengths to improve a third? That's right. Like those patterns at the Coliseum, only without the divots. Because no cuts. And no nicks. Not without the lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped. So should the robots get in on this one too? Uh, absolutely. It's for everybody. We all need a well-kept lawn, or at least know someone with an upcoming birthday like myself. Get trimming today with Manscaped at manscaped.com. Just click on the limited time offer button and use the promo code FANSIDED20. Get 20% off your offer and free shipping. Man, everybody's going to get in on that one. I know. I can only imagine. It's like mine a PS5, but cheaper, more life dependent. Get in line safely, folks. No cuts. And no nicks when you use the 20% off and free shipping promo code fansided20 at manscaped.com. 
That's right, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code FANSIDED20. Well, that's enough for us. Let's just get to the news, shall we? Let's do it. All right, Alicia, it is time to talk about everyone's favorite sports. That's right, shooty hoops. The Trojans are 18-3. and 18-3. and three. The best start since 1974. The Trojans are first place in the Pac-12. Jerry Palm as USC is a 5 seed in the NCAA tournament. Bracket Matrix has them as an average of a 4.39 seed if you want to get nerdy with it. Is this the best USC basketball team you've ever seen in your life? Well, my life hasn't been that long. It certainly wasn't in 1974 that my life was being lived so so maybe maybe i mean okay i guess my question is like is this better than the team with taj gibson and nick young like i watched a lot of that team i watched them in the ncaa tournament so i feel like i am still holding out on this particular like the mobley brothers are great evan mobley is is genuinely awesome and the transfers that usc added were, have been really bright. It's been nice to see Tajidi be as as you know live up to what what we hoped he would be. But I got to see them in the tournament. I got to see what they do. A they got to close this out because the most frustrating thing that I, that I have always complained about USC basketball is they look good a lot of the time. Actually, it's just when it really counts, they fall flat on their face. Now, what's very different this year is. You know, normally in February, they're they're absolutely horrendous. Last year, they just dropped the ball in February. Part of the reason why they haven't gone to the NCAA tournament regularly under Andy Enfield is because that last month of the season is always just a catastrophe. So the big difference here is that, you know, they're winning every game so far. I think it's five, they're 5-0 and oh so far in February, which is just just a complete turn of a turn of events for the program at, at this late in late in the season. But can't I mean, I mean I guess I I can't shake off my skepticism yet that they're going to pull this off and and win the Pac-12. They're in the driver's seat, but I've sort of seen them miss too often to Yeah, you you you're speaking like a true scorned USC basketball I, viewer. You know, I mean it's <laughs> true story. Like it's weird the way that I'm a con a, a, a perpetual optimist about USC football and yet with USC basketball I'm a perpetual pessimist Just like waiting for the other shoe to fall I am absolutely waiting for the other shoe to fall I've been waiting for the other shoe to fall this entire year and it's been an absolutely outstanding 2021 for this team so like they deserve a ton well, of credit at this point well who who has it been a bad 2021 for Liverpool. Liverpool. So well, okay. clearly, but ho- this is the transfer. This right is here. I do I do not approve of this though. The deal, the deal, the transference deal is USC football and Liverpool. I didn't sign up for no Liverpool is bad so that USC basketball can be good. That ain't it. That's like signing up for, you know, the Clippers to to be part of my transference. Like no 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 no. Supposed to even it out, man. Like I, I did not sign up for that. But by the way, more depressing franchise: USC basketball or the Clippers? The Clippers, absolutely. <laughs> because at least USC fans, like no one's just a USC basketball yeah, fan. At, at least everyone has that 1941 Final Four on, on <laughs> to celebrate, right? Well, but like if you're a USC basketball fan, chances are you're also a USC football fan, and even if you like basketball more, like at least you get the glory of other things. Like the Clippers have just been. A, a constant and just a, a disappointment that that just they'll tease you with little with little like oh maybe this is it and then it's just like nothing. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, the Clippers are in their own are in their own sort of valley of depression. Sure, I think they're they're all on a similar uh, level of some sort. I I feel bad because I've not watched this team. I've not put in the time and the effort um, because college basketball has just scorned me so much. Um, I've just, it's done nothing for me. And yeah. I feel bad because I feel like a bad human being that, that's not taking advantage <laughs> of this USC team that's actually good and paying attention. Uh, it's not fair to them, sure, surely. Um, but 
the, the way I look at it, um, on the outside looking in, looking at the numbers, looking at what this team has accomplished thus far, I don't think they're the 2001 team yet. They're going to have to prove that uh, surely in the tournament. Um, but I think you, the way that this team is being put together and the way that this team is playing right now and the, and the, the leadership of, of an Evan Mobley and you know the things that, that get said about him, uh, our friend Kyle Kensing um, of Athlon Sports and, and various other uh, sites, he's talked about you know comparisons to Tim Duncan. That is that's, that's high, high praise. praise, certainly yeah. high praise, right? So, um, yeah, you you put that together. I think this team has absolutely the ability to be better than those two thousand seven eight teams uh, under Tim Floyd. Um, those teams certainly had the ability to get to the elite eight. Obviously, blew it against North Carolina in two thousand seven. That loss, but at least they blew it you know, against North Carolina. Sure. Like, I guess my problem is, like, those Tim Floyd teams would blow it against North Carolina, whereas, like, the Andy Enfields, like, I've, I'm i fully, at, at every game goes by where I look at it, and, like, they just played uh, ASU, and ASU is, is not that great this year, and I'm just sort of, sort of thinking, like, this is, they beat UCLA, this yeah. is going to be the game where See, they just... Th- this is when you had an opportunity to be... At least they blew it against North Carolina, not North Carolina Wilmington? Yes. That, well, literally, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that 2002 team, incredible. Um, I, I I thought they were going to reprise the 2001 results. Uh, they got SC to the Elite Eight. Uh, they they obviously lose the Elite Eight matchup with Duke. Um, I remember as a kid. But again, if you're going to lose in the Elite Eight, lose to Duke. Lose to Duke. But it was right after they beat Kentucky. Yeah. Th- that Friday after the, the Thursday night they beat Kentucky, I show up to school and had a... Uh, a science teacher, Miss Chambers, who went to SC. So I was that that uh, that snooty ass suck up kid. Took the LA Times with like the picture of like uh, SC meeting Tayshawn <laughs> Prince in Kentucky. I like like it. in like I'm just like reading that uh, just to just to get a comment <laughs> from the teacher. I like it. Um, but yeah, that that team in 2001 was incredible. 2002 was incredible. Before they just fell on their face uh, in the opening round. You got to see what they can do in the tournament. Clearly, that's a long t- long time away. But for right now, SC is doing anything that you could have asked them to do uh, for basketball. The The criticism about Andy Enfield is that this team's not consistent. Right now, they looked pretty darn consistent, right? I mean, absolutely. And and that's the, the thing that we're going to be able to judge them on. Do they win the Pac-12? Because that's something that USC just hasn't done in the regular season in a long, 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 long time. Um, but we're also going to get to to sort of judge what they end up doing in an unusual tournament. And, I mean, I saw on Reddit the other day that somebody does these, these someone on Reddit does these uh, projections or simulations oh, or whatever. ESPN projections? Yeah. yeah. I, I saw that. Well, they have USC in, in the, the Final, Final Four. Four. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, don't put that rat poison on me right now. Don't do that. No. Do, do you remember? I don't, th- I don't think you remember, but uh, Henry Bibby, I don't know if, it, I, th- I think it was a 2001 team. He showed up. Um, 2000, 2001, he showed up to training camp wearing a Final Four hat. And he's like, you guys are going to the Final Four. And they looked at him <laughs> like he was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and they were like 10 points away, losing yeah. the Duke by 10 to, with a trip to the Final Four in, in potentially in hand that they didn't get. Yeah. I mean, but the, these are the – it would be wild. It would be seriously wild to see USC just get to the Elite Eight. Like, I don't even need a Final Four run, like – if USC got to the Elite Eight, that would be more than I expected from this team to begin with. But this is also what we're. I mean, and and again, I think that when you're when you're sort of evaluating a, a team, you need to judge it based on the context of the program, right? So USC is coming out of an era, coming out of a, a situation where making the tournament would be the sort of what you're looking at. Like I think the disappointment of the last few years is that teams that looked like they had talent. You had like Benny Boatwright and, and those guys, uh, Chimezi Metu, all those guys. You looked at it and said, this team should be in the tournament. And USC was missing the tournament anyways. And this current team, what they're doing is sort of what USC should be looking to be. Like even if they don't right. win the Pac-12, they should be in the race, you know, top four or five, or top four, three or four in the conference. 
And then you just want them to get to the tournament and then see what they can do. But Andy Enfield's whole thing has been, let's recruit these big, big players. And like the Mobley thing has been a huge success. But they, they've recruited really, really good top-line players and haven't turned those sort of one-and-done guys into six, tournament success. And if Andy Enfield is able to prove here that he can take somebody like Evan Mobley and turn his presence into tournament success, then I'll be much more confident about the future of the of this program. But there is a long way to go as far as uh, judging this. So good on Andy Enfield for what he's done so far this season. Uh, I'm eager to see what the uh, what the remainder holds, even if I am waiting for the next shoe to drop. Yeah, you mentioned Benny Boatwright. Um, Alicia, remember, it's if Benny, you, oh. Benny Starbird no. Boatwright. No, it is not. Yes. No. That is correct. Nope. Um, anyways, other news. Uh, defensive quality control analyst Sean Howe is leaving USC football, taking the defensive line job with the Montana State. What are they? Cowboys? No. Buffaloes? You're killing me. I don't. Cow, what? What? Montana, Montana State. Montana State. Montanans? Seriously, I think they're a cat. Uh, I think it's like a. Panthers? I think it's the Panthers. Montana is the Grizz. The Grizzlies. But Montana State, I believe, is the. The Panthers or Cougars? You're looking it up. Bobcats. Bobcats. It's uh, They're all the same. Uh, <laughs> the Trojans have also lost Chris Claiborne and Hayes Pillard, like we've talked about, from USC support staff. Uh, and Trey Johnson has gone to Tennessee. Um, this is interesting because it's a, you know more brain drain um, that USC is having to suffer here, but not from the main uh, jobs. These are guys from support staff. On one hand, I think it speaks well to USC's uh, hiring of those of those positions um, and encouraging those guys to better themselves, which is something that's always important in the development of coaches. On the other hand, you got to kind of replace these guys at some point. And, and the, a lot of the hope of those support staff guys is that they help you down the line. And with Chris Claiborne and Hayes Pillard uh, going to ASU and the Jets, you hope that maybe they come back someday with more experience. I don't know if Chris Howe's going to, I mean, Sean Howe's going to be one of those guys, but nonetheless, uh, good for him to get a promo to a FCS job, a full-time job. Yeah, well, anytime any of these guys take a full-time job, then USC has done your job. And it's almost like a weird sort of coaching recruiting, right? Because now you can look at it and say, listen, Chris Claiborne got a full-time assistant position from our support staff. Sean Howe got a full-time coaching position from our support staff. Chris Hawkins got a full-time coaching position from our support staff. Austin Clark Clark got a full-time position from our support staff. And where are those guys now? Austin Clark, I just looked up, is apparently uh, in line to get the defensive line job with the Miami Dolphins. He was their outside linebackers coach this past year, and he's a candidate to uh, fill the gap that they now have in that spot. So USC's support staff, their grad assistants and their quality control analysts and stuff, they are setting those guys up to continue along the coaching lines. And like you said, in theory, maybe down the line, you'll be able to welcome those guys back. But more than anything, if I'm a guy who's trying to get in to a support staff kind of position, then USC is exactly where I want to go. Because look, Chris Hawkins, Chris Claiborne, all those guys, it took them one year. It took them one year to to, to take that next step up and and to set themselves up for a full-time job. So I think it's uh, it, it, it's better. It speaks more positively to USC than anything. Uh, obviously, there will be high turnover in those positions, but USC has done a really good job of um, of setting setting those guys up to go out into the world and and continue their climb up the of the coaching ranks. So I think it can only be a good thing that another one of them is uh, is taking a full time job. And if any more of them uh, end up getting looked at for full time jobs, that's that's good for USC in the end because I think that it uh, it encourages others to to fight to get to USC as well. And speaking of what looks good for SC, how about Elijah Barrett Tucker being a first-rounder? Uh, this is the case according to Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. He has AVT 16th overall to the Arizona Cardinals. If that sounds familiar, it should. It's almost about the same spot that the Miami Dolphins took Austin Jackson a year ago. Yeah, and AVT is really getting his due now, and I think that's really, really good uh, to see him 
be not just he's going to go in the first round, but increasingly it's clear that he's going to go in the top half of the first round. And uh, he absolutely deserves to to get that recognition. It's really nice to be able to see, again, things that reflect well on, on USC. He was a guy that opted to come back to increase his draft stock, and that's exactly what he did. And I I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to make a comparison that that dogs one player over another. But I think you look at Elijah Vera Tucker who came back, and clearly his draft stock has been improved significantly. I now look at these mock drafts, and increasingly I'm not seeing Jay Tufele involved in any in any of these first round sort of discussions, and not even sort of second third round discussions. So, um, you know, sometimes it goes to show it's not not for everybody. To come back, um, I know that Jay had his own, you know, personal family things that that he was dealing with. So again, I'm not trying to, um, you know, question his decision necessarily, but I do think it's it's worth noting that returning for that extra year can often lead to really really good things, especially for someone like ABT who just needed to further prove that he could be the guy, and be, having that experience at left tackle really is helping him out. Nothing has more power in sports than recency bias. Yes. So uh, it's always going to help out uh, positively and negatively. And for ABT, uh, it certainly is well, a and, positive. And I just saw a three-round mock draft, and I apologize, I forget where I saw it, but that had Marlon Tupelotu going in the second round. So, again, he's uh, he's def- speaking of recency bias. What's that mean for Thule? Remember, <laughs> Thule basically had the same production. The good old Thule. Right? Well, Thule is not the same player as Marlin. No, of course not. He's more of a sort of defensive end than a than a nose tackle. But it does bode well because, you know, he's going to have somebody to look up to that's in the NFL and has obviously done it well. Yes, indeed. Well, we got a bunch of questions in our mailbag, so let's get to them right away. You've got mail. All right, let's start with a voicemail we got from a Rotbot in the 323. Michael and Alicia, great episode on college football, EA. These are the three things I want to see. Number one, be able to celebrate. I don't care if I get flagged. Just let me celebrate. If I cost a team, I cost a team, whatever. Number two, uniforms. The ability to change to whatever retro uniform I want, in addition to being able to create whatever uniform you want. But I really want to pull back on some of those uniforms and make them look great. Number three, crowd size. If you're blowing out a team, the stadium shouldn't be packed. Back in the old days, in the old versions of the game, if you were blowing out a team, you could hear the echo of the announcer. They need to bring that back. That is more realistic, in my opinion. Great show, guys, and I uh, can't wait till next week's episode. Thanks for the call. Uh, I, I, I agree absolutely on all of those points. Um, I wish we could apply the celebrate thing to real life, but yes, let's just let people celebrate in the game. Not going to hurt anybody. It's okay. Um, crowd size would be fun, uh, especially with the sort of new crowd d- dynamics, like visuals that they can do and stuff like that. Uh, I like make, it. Make it accurate. Make every UCLA yeah. game look like it happened during a COVID season. I mean, all, yeah. I mean, but isn't this part of like what we talked about where you're like you can be the AD and you can sort of manage the program where you do have to take into account are people coming to your games? Why are they coming or why are they not coming? All that kind of thing. Crowd size would be crowd size, and yeah. the and the way that your crowd responds to a game would also. But also, I want the crowd size to look normal. I think that you know, I love this call because yeah, I remember when you're winning big and the the crowd would empty out. But if I remember right, like it would empty out like by row, and it would always <laughs> look a little weird, right? Yeah, like, that's fair. Like it should look realistic, where it doesn't empty out by row, like it's scattered. Uh, so at the end, like yeah, it looks like a like a. COVID season game in which only the families were there. The, the, the families are the only people left. Um, I, I think that would be interesting. Uh, let the let the, the crowd size change from game to game. Uh, make there be a... Have there be more than just like five presets. Really fine-tune it on what the different crowd size look like. Have it change during a game. Make it to where the LA schools... Uh, it's not full until midway through the first quarter. 
Yeah. Be real realistic with it. And have if you're fun. if you're if it's a seven thirty kickoff, then have it be that that just like people naturally trickle yeah. out at ten o'clock. And show the message boards with all the people complaining oh how they gotta gosh. drive from Palm Springs to the game and now they gotta rent a hotel room and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> well, I want realism. Now I'm thinking like they integrate Twitter into the uh, Madden games now. Like yes. integrate it so far, but yeah, I mean it's it's you know Twitter is a thing that you experience in the Madden games. Can you imagine what being on Twitter in a college football context would be like? I well maybe keep that out of the game. Actually, that, that might be a little <laughs> scary. But another thing from Madden, uh, you score, uh, you get a sack. You have a little toggle that you yeah. can you have different celebrations, uh, a team celebration, uh, solidarity, um, signature dance, whatever it is, uh, a spike. Have at least some of those in there. If it's a team celebration or whatnot, even a, a fancy flip to the ref. Do one of those Lendale things where oh, you like, like take a knee and hand off to the ref. Like, can you do something that? Something cool. Can you do that in Madden? Hand off to the ref is not there. So handing the ball to the ref, they should have options for how you do it. Like, and you could like set those presets. Like in in FIFA, you get to set the presets of like what it looks like when you're setting up to uh, take a free kick or whatever. Like your run up and all that kind of stuff. You should be able to preset for each player. This player flips the ball to the ref. This player hands the ball to the ref. This player just drops the ball in the end zone. Whatever. Like, I like it. This player spins it when he gets the first yeah, down. Yeah. 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 And occasionally gets flagged. flagged. Yes. <laughs> or, or not. Or hopefully not in, <laughs> in, in this case. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for the call. Um, I cannot wait for the game. Cannot wait to see what kind of things are implemented. Hopefully all these ideas we have uh, find their ways to the uh, to the ears that matter, for sure. Moving on, let's go to a Slack message we got from Grumpy Oso. I think Mike Bone is just setting things up for the coach. If Helton doesn't win the Pac-12 and win in a good bowl... Bye-bye, Helton. What do you think about that? Agree or disagree, and why? Thanks for the message, Grumpy Oso. Uh, So I partially agree, is what I would say. I agree 1,000% in the idea that Mike Bone is setting up the program to succeed regardless of the head coach. Maybe not regardless of the head coach, but to set the program to be up in a position of strength so that when USC, if or when USC needs to make a change, then the next head coach will be set up for success. Um, But I think that's, I would say that's the job of the AD. The job of the AD is to make the head coach's job as easy as possible. The job of the AD is to make the program as strong as possible, regardless of of the coach. So I think he's doing his job in that sense, which is why I only partially agree in that I think he could be doing this without any intention of getting rid of Helton. He could really believe in Helton. Like I don't know if he abs- I don't know if he's like a true believer at this point, but I, I maybe I'm naive, but I I I I I don't think so. You don't think he's a true believer? No, more so I, like I I first of all, I don't know how anyone could objectively look at the situation and be one. Well, yeah, um, I mean, but more so, like, I think that if you are a, uh, a, an AD coming into this situation, you want to make your stamp, put your stamp on the program. You want to make your move. And the more and more that we hear about uh, SC situation, whether it be financially, the power struggles or anything like that, the more and more, to me, it looks like there's way more at hand here than just Mike Bone. And, and so... I think in a vacuum, if Mike Bone had a, had his say uh, and there wasn't uh, COVID uh, affecting finances and there wasn't the huge buyouts and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff, wouldn't Mike Bone want to put his stamp on the program and go out and make his own hire? Oh, I, I agree. Think so. That's what every AD wants, right? I agree. They want their guy. I agree. I think that where I'm where I'm hitting the brakes a little bit on this discussion is. If Helton doesn't win the Pac-12, I am not certain that that is a death certificate. Again, every time I have these conversations with people, I want to reiterate that is not how I personally feel. I feel that if Helton can't win the Pac-12, then what even is he doing here? But I think, and you are always saying this whenever we do, whenever we do, um, when we make predictions for the season and what is and isn't success and 
you can't just put a, you know, go 10 and 2 and that's success. Well, how do you do it? What if USC goes 11 and 1 and doesn't win the Pac-12? Like, are they going to fire Helton then? I right. don't think so. If if you if USC goes 8 and 4 and doesn't win the Pac-12, I certainly it's would a hope different scenario. Right. I would yeah. certainly hope that Mike Bone looks at 8 and 4 and not winning the Pac-12 and thinks that ain't it. But what if USC goes 8 and 4 and wins the Pac-12? Well, now what are you like I think there are so many dangerous scenarios here where right. I don't I wouldn't bet on Mike Bone just, you know, uh on on just saying boom, we're done but, and, but and moving on, but I think there I think this does have to be the make or break year, right? Like It, it absolutely is cuz like we've said before and people don't want to hear it, it's fire extend after the season. Yes. Those are your two options. So you either need to feel confident enough to extend him or you got to find someone new. Yeah, and for me, the only way I feel confident enough to extend Clay Helton is if they put a put together a season that looks like they belong in the playoff. Yes. And and, and with with like hope of this being repeatable too. Not a season in which they only got there, and you can say that they only got there because of Keaton Slovis. And as much as I hate those type of narratives, um, but a something that looks sustainable. I'm not going to hold my breath and think that that's going to happen, but that's the only way in which I would extend Clay Helton, right? Like, you need to turn eight corners. I don't know that they're going to turn eight corners. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I agree. Uh, moving on, let's go to a Slack message we got from Evan. Uh, I'm rooting for our key step and I'm wishing him the best, but isn't he objectively overrated? Not in the sense that it was his fault that his numbers were bad because it wasn't, but because he was always hurt. The number one ability of a football player is arguably availability, and he was unavailable a lot at USC. I just don't see why it's realistically a big deal that he transferred. Am I right that he's overrated in this sense? I think that's a fair assessment. I think it's a fair assessment of all of USC's running backs. I think all of them have failed to reach their true potential because availability has not been their strong suit. And I think if any one of them had just been truly healthy for a full season at any time over the last few years, I think you could you would have seen more of a standout running back emerge. Um, I think that Marquis Step is slightly overrated in that he, again, we've always talked about this. I think that he was USC's best rusher in that group, but I don't think he was USC, USC's best running back. And I think there's a difference. I also think that there were moments where, you know, even he couldn't get the one inch that USC needed him to get because USC's offensive line wasn't setting him up to get that one inch. And you could have put Vi or Stephen Carr or Keenan Kristen or Step, and none of them were going to get yards in, in some of those contexts. So... Uh, I also think that Step may have benefited from uh, the thing that USC didn't do for for Stephen Carr, and we've noted this over the last couple of years. Step necessitates a running game that is north south, and USC's running game when it was north south was its best. Well, I think if you put Stephen Carr with a north south running game, he probably does better than the east west bullcrap that they have Stephen Carr doing, where he gets hit in the backfield on every every time he gets the ball. So, I I. I sort of go back and forth on Marquis Step. I think he is really talented. I think he's going to do fine uh, at Nebraska. But, uh, you know, everyone knows I'm also a big fan of Vimalapai, so I'm not shedding a ton of tears. For me, the answer is yes, but it's not because of Marquis Step. It's because I think running backs in general in the entire game of football are overrated. Um, in le- Just because they, they're so easily replaceable. Um, and this is not an indictment on any single running back. This is just collectively. You see this in the NFL. Um, you know, you look at the Rams, right? They had Todd Gurley, who looked like he was going to be one of the transcendent talents, generational ta- talent at running back, and all of a sudden he wasn't because of an injury. Um, injuries can can play such a huge role, but also so much of it is dependent on the offensive line. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I think Marquis Step benefited um from better blocking we talked about this before uh the blocking was better when he was in there uh in in like 2019 and in some ways i think it draws comparisons to jack sears we only saw the best of jack sears in that one game when it was a simplified game plan that played to his strengths uh and with marquis step for a lot of it 
in 2019, you saw runs that were designed to help him. Runs that that didn't necessarily uh, get panned out for the, for the other guys. Uh, and the, the offensive line was able to block better. And he was able to, to find those holes and have success. I think the other running backs were just as good. I I, I don't think that, that Marquis Stepp is a Ronald Jones in that sense. I think he's a very good running back who's going to be super productive in a system in which he's catered to. And I think that more power to Nebraska for them to be able to find that. But we saw his highlights in 2019. Uh, and in 2020, you look at all the numbers, all the running backs were basically the same. They all had just about the same average. They all had just about the same opportunity rate. Uh, there wasn't much of a difference between the running backs. And it wasn't just because some of them played hurt. And we know that we saw all of them play hurt at one point or another. I think that the offense is limited by the offensive line. Uh, and again, and bad running run backs teams. in general, unless they're a transcendent talent, are interchangeable. And I, I, that's that's just how it is. It's not a knock on, on Marquis Step at all. Yeah, no, and I think that's a good way to put it. None of USC's run, running backs are transcendent talents. And I think some people look at Marquis Step as that, and I just I, I don't think he is that. So uh, maybe he'll maybe he'll develop. Maybe he'll turn out to be somewhat something great at Nebraska, and and uh, he'll prove us wrong. But you know, again, I think Evan hits the nail on the head. Like you got to be available first, and uh, he's struggled with that going back to high school. That was, if I remember correctly, part of the reason why he wasn't super highly recruited was because he dealt with injury problems in high school as well. So he's got to get that element of his uh, of his game right, and then, then he'll have time to shine. Right, yeah. And when you look at it, talking about transcendent talents, SC's only had one in the last 15 years. That was Rodgers. Ronald Jones, yeah. No uh, one else comes close. Uh, maybe, um, um, I was about to say Alan Bradford. You say Alan Bradford on no. his perfect day? No, no, no. Maybe, Bu- but like- Buck, Buck Allen came... Came yes. as close to Rojo as anyone has come, and Rojo is head and shoulders above of uh, of the right. rest as far as being transcendent talent. Yeah, agreed. Uh, let's go to a Slack message from Dave in Orange County. If you had a magic wand and could give a USC standout a Hall of Fame NFL career, who would it be? Uh, uh okay. Can I assume that these are guys that are currently in the NFL or are going to be heading for the just NFL say right now? Currently in the NFL. Currently at SC, or maybe even they didn't have an NFL career. Maybe it didn't pan out. Okay, so I I my, I immediately jumped to two people. One, Talanoa Hafanga, because I think if Hafanga has a Hall of Fame career like Troy Palomalu, his college career is going to be uh, not reevaluated, but but receive the same boost that Troy Palomalu's college career got. Hundred percent. People don't want to admit it, but a hundred percent. And uh, and then my other thought was Ronald Jones, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It because it, as much as I hate this, the NFL career validates people's college careers, and I hate it because it's so stupid. It, it is they're completely two different games. They should be two different sports. Um, they should not be, um, you know, derivative of each other at all. Um, and yet they are. And so, I I think Sewer Cravens is someone I wish had. Uh, and Hall of Fame NFL career because I think it would make people appreciate what he did in college better. Yeah. Um, I think you can say the same thing about uh, yeah Ronald Jones. It would validate his time at SC, absolutely. Um, but but even to go back, how about somebody like Rodney Pete? Yes, because again, this would have been the, the validation of his college career. Yeah. That that his college his college stat I mean Matt Leinart would work the same way if Matt Leinart had a at least Leinart had the the Heisman to show for give it, Matt Leinart Carson Palmer's career and he is ranking much much higher in college football all time greats than yes. he currently is which is one right. of my big pet peeves is that we rank college greats way too much based on their NFL what you know recency bias and all that kind of stuff but. Uh, but there are a lot of guys that you can apply that to. So, I mean. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Dave's next one is, give a USC player a Hall of Fame college career, who would it be? So, can I, I'm going to take this from, like, the young guys who haven't really done everything yet. So, like, projecting forward, right? Sure. 
two my two thoughts is um, personally Drake London just because I spent most of today talking about how Drake London is not getting his due. Every list of the top receivers that I see for 2021 does not include Drake London, and that is a dang travesty. Okay, okay, can I can I just ask what 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 would it take to get? I him? don't know. Like, Belinikov? He'd have to win the Belinikov. He'd have All to have American. like 120 catch ca- season, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I think it's really hard for a receiver to do it. Yes. Uh, but I think if, if he wins the Belinikov, I think he's in. I think so. you'd have to almost be like a two-time Belitnikoff winner or something like that. <laughs> and he's not going to have the ability because if, if he wins a Belitnikoff, you know, he's going to the NFL after this season anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then my other my other thought was let's go with like Cortland Ford or Casey Collier. Like t- pick a pick a pick an offensive lineman that we haven't seen yet and turn them into Jonah Monheim, whatever. If USC had a Hall of Fame offensive lineman on this currently te- current team, then that would be great for the team. Yeah, for sure. that 100%. or Corey Foreman, which is not a huge stretch, but like if Corey Foreman turned out to be a Hall of Fame level talent, then that would go a long way for USC as well. Exactly. But I think offensive line at this point, like of the guys that USC recruited, any of those like nine sort of three star guys that USC's added, any of them become a Hall of Famer, then then. We're so, looking up. Things are looking up for USC. Right. Corey Foreman becoming Chase Young. Yeah. Corey Foreman yeah. becoming Chase Young would be would be pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am going to say uh, Dominic Davis, obviously. <laughs> uh, David Orange County's next question. Change a college player to have had their career at USC instead of the cool school that they went to. Who would it be to, you, to, to pick? Uh, someone who did not go to USC, just say that they did, and why? I mean, my first thought on these is always Jalen Ramsey. As you look at what he ended up doing in college, and he's turned out to be a pretty good pro. So I'm trying to think of, again, uh, who is an offensive lineman? Pick any Hall of Fame offensive lineman and give them to USC, and I think we're in business here. Chase Young, give Chase Young. I I mean. Penny Sewell, right? Penny Sewell, there we go. Penny Sewell at USC. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Barry Sanders. Oh, well, I love that, too. That's Put him pick. on the 1988 team. I mean, just make Barry... SC Sa- wins the national title. Uh, Barry uh, Sanders, Rodney Pete, it, like, in the backfield yeah. together yeah, on, that's a, fun. on a team that, you know, had a great defense. And just getting to say that Barry Sanders was a Trojan, like, sometimes that's all you need, like... Right. Another great tailback you guy? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Let's go to Samuel now, who says... As of right now, what do we know about spring camp, when it starts, if it'll be similar to summer workouts from 2020, will media get to watch? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, A big, fat, we have Uh. no idea. Uh. Uh, Uh. We were just talking about that today. Like, I was like, Uh. have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything. Um, Should be coming up soon. I Mm. mean, theoretically, it'll start in less than a month. Theoretic. Last year it started on the on the twelfth or the thirteenth, so of March. So, uh, maybe we certainly haven't heard. I am not uh, just personally. I am not banking on them allowing media in. But yeah. uh, the only the only sort of side uh, Mike Bone is relatively media friendly as far as uh, that kind of stuff. So maybe maybe that they will let the media in, but. So long as COVID hangs over us uh, and and it won't be resolved by March, uh, I do not expect any of that kind of. I don't think USC is going to want to uh, want to deal. The spring semester at USC is is all virtual learning right now. So until the school is back in session, I don't expect them to to welcome media onto campus. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that. Um, Samuel's next question says, which three star twenty twenty one commit has the best chance? of getting playing time slash starting this year, and which three-star, if any, would you like to see have a big year? Uh, I think Mason Murphy, the offensive lineman out of Jay Sarah, uh-huh. uh, just because throw a dart at the at the uh, offensive line depth chart and you might hit a starter for the offensive line. We don't know. We don't know what Clay McGuire is going to be going with. Um, other than that, I mean, I guess throw... Ty Buchanan and Maximus Gibbs in there as well, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say maybe Max Gibbs. Most of the time, I just love the name. His name is amazing, but also he's like... Max Gibbs sounds great, but it's Maximus, which is even better. I know, it's amazing, but 
He's also like 385. Like he's going to have to trim down quite a bit before USC throws him out there. You're going to put uh, him on the, the BKU diet? Yeah, they do got to put him on the BKU diet. Uh, but uh, but I don't know. He's I mean, at that size, maybe they're ready to go with him. Um, doesn't really fit exactly what we hear about the uh, the air raid. But maybe again, we don't know what Clay McGuire is uh, is going to do. So, yeah, those are the guys. I just don't I, I don't expect Manjack or McCree or Mobley, which are the other three star guys to uh, I, I fully expect them to redshirt. So um, not as many guys to pick from this year. Yeah, not not uh, not nearly as many as last season. Next up, we got a Slack message from Eric who says predictions on how far USC will go in the NCAA tournament. Talked about this a little bit ago. Uh, I am going to call it right now. SC is going to start mowing teams down. Manscaped.com, fans at a 20, 20% off free shipping. <laughs> uh, start mowing teams down. And make it to the... Sweet 16. I would enjoy that. Um, I am still a USC basketball pessimist, and no offense to USC basketball, but I have been burned one too many times, and I cannot hold the eternal optimism that I do for USC football. So I am fully expecting a round of 32 knockout. I think they will make it through round one, uh, and then uh, disappoint us all in round two. Pessimistically so, in full force. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, indeed. Uh, Darlene says, should USC basketball continue to not allow fans at the Galen Center beyond COVID, since this is potentially the best season for Andy Enfield? To which I say, there's they allow fans at Galen? Well, I, I mean, is this is this possibly uh, that, that USC is used to playing in front of uh, semi-empty arenas and thus they are fully acclimated to it this is true possibly yeah yeah now they should let fans back in when they can uh because it is fun to go to a usc basketball game yeah and especially for people who have uh trojan fever is that what the yeah the trojan fever is the student I, section I, I hate it i i really hate it why trojan fever I mean, it's not a particularly exceptional name. It sounds name. like someone who got a latex uh, allergy. I wonder. Okay, so here's a question. Uh, just in these times of COVID, are we going to stop using that kind of thing as like a positive? Like, are we going to stop using like fever as something like that's positive? We're going to stop using positive as things um, that are positive. I let's not overthink it. <laughs> uh, Darlene's next question: When is another Rot Crew Zoom hangout going to happen? I'm going to say right now. We'll do one before the end of the month. Yes. Yes. We're in. If you're in the Rock Crew, patreon.com slash reign of Troy, uh, the, uh, the $10 Rock Crew bunch, uh, we'll, we'll do a, uh, a happy hour before the month is out. I promise. Promise, promise, promise. Uh, Slack message from L.A. Fred. What's worse to live in, extreme heat like Michael in Arizona or extreme cold like Rot in Texas this week? That's a really tough question. I, I think it, it depends on what access to amenities do you have? Okay, so, and this is the number, let's assume with the extreme heat and the extreme cold, you're dealing with outages because in the extremes of both, you're dealing with outages. Right. Because in either one, you can just bury yourself at home and not do either. And, yes. And, and pretend that it's not happening. Right? Yes. So I will argue that extreme cold is better because at the least you can just bundle up, throw blankets over yourself and just, you know, do what you got to like. You, you can you, you, my my argument for I'd rather be cold because at least I can layer. Um, yes. If, However, having experienced the air conditioning being out at your place in the middle of summer, that is a hell I would not wish on anyone. And I, I got a caveat here. The what is At your caveat? You got running water. I was about to say the caveat is extreme cold. If you freeze the pipes, all bets are off. If pipes are frozen, all bets are off. Yeah, because we did not have water. Uh, we had running water in one of the bath, the two of the bathrooms. Yeah, but not any of the not in the kitchen. Uh, the the hot water was out. We couldn't take showers like those yeah. kind of things, right? Yeah. 
And so I think if that's going to be the case, then give me the hot weather as unpleasant as it might be that you can't cool down whether where you can warm up. You can't just keep putting on layers at home. Yeah. I, I, w- I would say the heat because less other things can happen like freezing Frozen your pipes. pipes. Pipes also, bursting and stuff like that. Well, um, I'll leave it for he has other questions that I can speak on on the other thing I was going to say. All right. Uh, more fun fights. Water balloons or snowballs? Uh, asked uh, LA friend. The answer is water balloons because snowballs are fun, except that snowballs imply that there is snow. Snow implies that you are bundled up and potentially going to get all of your clothing that is there to keep you dry and warm. It's going to get wet and thus you are going to be cold, wet and cold. Whereas water balloons, if you're having a water balloon fight, that means it's warm outside. That means you're wearing a bathing suit or, you know, tank top and shorts and whatever. And you're just having a water balloon fight like water balloon fight. You are intending to get to have the elements cool you down where a snowball fight like snowballs are a actual projectiles that hurt if they're packed or icy or whatever. And B, uh, the residuals are, are less pleasant. You are so wrong on this. It is so much a snowball fight. For one, you don't have to pay for the stupid balloons. You don't have to sit there and tie them. You know how much of a pain in the ass it is to tie them and fill them? You have to stop. You have to go with the big bucket and and take 20 minutes to fill up your bucket. That's fine. It's easier to do the snowballs. It's, no, it's because then you do rounds where you like, you know, you have your first round with the big bucket of water balloons and then. Yeah, but you're, you're also done, you're wearing you should be wearing things that are water resistant. So if you get hit with the snowball. Yeah, but snowballs like they can actually hurt. Like if they're packed in a water balloon. Not that much. It, not that much. It, you're, it's it's not going to hurt. It's not like a, it's not like we're talking about. um Paintball um, pellets. No, no, but... No, it's, it's definitely snowballs. Nah, snowballs, water snowballs are more fun. Just don't hit anyone in the face. Don't hit anyone in the face with a water balloon either. Not in the face. Yeah, for sure. Uh, LA Fred's last question. Better time assuming no injuries. Beach activities or mountain snow activities? Again, this is very easy. Snow. Give me a big old sled to go down the, 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 the hill. Something like that. Easy. Okay. This, I actually do agree. Snow activities are super, super fun. Sledding and all of that. I'd rather do that than a beach day. Um, the beach, also, insanely overrated. Okay, the no, sand I love, never I love goes beats. away from anything. I love the beach. It's like, in your shoes forever. It's in your car forever. That's true. It's in the towel forever. You can never get away. It's like glitter. It's it's unpleasant. I don't understand why people like going to the beach. it's fun. You can't do anything there. You, you go, sit there and it, you just... Hold up. In the st- hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. This is like comparing, well, I'm going to go to the snow and literally just sit in a chair in the snow. Like, that's not the only thing you're doing in the snow. When you go to the beach, you get a boogie board, you go out into the waves, it's fun, you splash around, you ride the waves, all that kind of stuff. Like, you build you're a snow. You're there for the whole day, though. You, you build a sandcastle. When you're doing like, these mountain snow activities, you go outside for an hour and have a maximum hour of peak fun. Then you go back inside and you drink and, some hot cocoa. That's yes. Oh, I agree. I would rather do the snow activities, but like you are way underselling the beach activities. I love the beach, but I will say I love being in the mountains. I love the snow. And uh, I recently watched a video of a guy creating an igloo, and now I am really, really, really like I am. I already I texted my my hiking friend and said, "Hey, can we?" go build an igloo sometime because we're doing snow hikes now and like i'm like i want to build an igloo so i think that's going to happen at some point so that sounds fun too first of all please don't (laughs) i don't i don't trust anywhere in california to have you build an igloo that is structurally sound enough to not collapse on you no 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 and then be a problem no uh, you there is an actual like there's a whole thing yes, to building an igloo. Yes, but it still requires temperatures that make it structurally no, sound. No, it's not about the temperatures necessarily. Uh, it's about the kind of snow. It's it's a very particular yes, layer snow of snow. Snow that California doesn't have. Well, no. If you go up into the mountains, you can get that snow. I beg to differ. <laughs> beg to differ. Uh, but let us know. Would, would you would you want to build 
a snowman when you want to build an igloo or would you want to have fun at the beach? Let us know. As always, email address rainofdrew at fansite.com. Phone number 213-373-1872. You can go over to Patreon, get our bonus episodes every other Friday, patreon.com slash Troy. And remember, go to Manscaped and use promo code fansited 20 for 20% off your first order and free shipping because you can't have cuts. You can't have nicks. No cuts and no nicks. Yeah, those things are just nuts. So. All right, I think we should shut up there. Yeah. All right. Later. <laughs> See, ya. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.